Fear Street goes back to where it all began. Today we're talking about the third entry in the Fear Street franchise, 1666. This is Scott's Up Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's F. Indulgent Movie Podcast. And the reason I was chuckling is because I said 1966, thereby making me, uh, when I first recorded it, thereby making me off by 300 years. So, yes, this is a conclusion to the Fear Street franchise, at least for the time being. Uh, they do leave the door open, as you'd expect, uh, because it is Netflix and they like, you know, having, having wells to go back to and new reasons to pull people in. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. It's the end of this particular trilogy where we find out the origins of the shady side curse and try to wrap things up so here we go so this time jump is pretty extreme after 1994 and 1978 we're going back 300 years normally this is the kind of thing that would irritate me but it's clear that this is a trilogy and that we can't go through every slasher's era with more and more breadcrumbs we've got to put all the pieces together and give our overarching story a satisfying conclusion but does it work as a movie on its own? Jumping right in after the events of 1978, Dina and company are trying to piece together the mystery of Sarah Fears and Shadyside. But what a flashback in Sarah's shoes reveals is that Shadyside's history is a lie, and it's up to Dina and her friends to reverse the curse that's plagued their town for centuries. So I did enjoy this movie, but it's impossible to say it's a good movie on its own. It's a movie that's relying on the momentum and the story from the other films. For instance, almost no other film can refer back to an earlier film in the series for a small hint or plot detail that falls into place now. At best, the second film would be a six month to a year away. But when you know the third film is going to be released within two weeks of the first film and a week after the second, or can even be viewed on the same day afterwards, you can structure this like a TV show versus a film series. It also makes the split between the period piece in, 19, in 1666, almost did it again, in 1994, resolution work. Normally I would view this like two episodes of TV slammed together or a disjointed two-part film. The first half of the movie is a period piece slash witch hunt with most of the main cast members from the previous films in prominent roles. And I liked this. It gives the film this sense of recurring and connected tragedy or reliving past mistakes like how lessons and traumas of the past ripple into the future. And hells yes, I'm all for upending established historical narratives to highlight misdeeds by respected people that should be taken down a peg. It's a timely message to center your film around. The events themselves play a lot like, well, The Witch, with a lot of odd happenings that are easy to blame on Sarah, thanks to her being a town outcast and being wicked, which in this case means a lesbian. You've seen things like this in The Crucible, with notable emphasis on gory violence. Sadly, this segment is replaced about halfway through with a more bog-standard group versus slasher plot that isn't as exciting. There's far less mystery and tension because we know what needs to be done, and that all of the fighting is essentially holding off until the main problem is solved. Granted, this is doable since the main cast is all game, and it finds the fine line between comedy and drama. The look and feel is the deep neon glow of 1994, with a bigger emphasis on working together and against the system than part one. And expanded roles for folks like Gillian Jacobs and Daryl Bird Gibson is a great way to expand and round out the core of three. 
As satisfying as this is, though, I'd be lying if I said it worked as a cohesive movie by itself. It's a movie that's designed to fill in blanks and resolve plot points from other films, not be enjoyed solo. Ideally, the ending of your trilogy can wrap up both your larger story and tell its own, but that's not the case here. I still enjoyed it, but it's definitely a limitation. The verdict is, it's a good conclusion. Though its shifts between tone and genre don't work by themselves, 1666 is a fitting conclusion to the Fear Street trilogy. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time, everybody. Stay safe.